Welcome into the Galloway Podcast, Episode 10. I'm your host, William Galloway, and like I said on Episode 9, we are in the midst of March Madness, folks, and just when you thought it couldn't get any crazier, here we are. Uh, less than a week after Episode 9, we've got Episode 10 for you, and since then, there's been a lot going on. The first round of the NCAA tournament had a lot of drama, a lot of fun. There were some great games. Uh, Avery Johnson and Alabama have parted ways. We're going to talk about what's next for Alabama and also some possible coaching options. The NCAA men's basketball transfer portal is kicking in. Um, the transfer portal became a popular thing here on campus at Alabama when Jalen Hurts entered. Now Dazon Ingram is transferring, and Kyra Lewis has put his name in the transfer portal as well. And we'll talk about the NCAA tournament. This is March Madness. This is the Galloway Podcast, Episode 10. Thank you for listening. Like I said, I'm your host, William Galloway. You can follow me on Twitter at WM underscore Galloway. Joining me today um, are two fellow students and sophomores, Riley Byers, the Tuscaloosa native, who is an MIS major and one of my good friends. And so uh, we're had to, glad to have Riley on. And also on the phone line is a uh, fellow sophomore and sports media student hailing from Miami, Florida, AJ Spur. AJ, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing mighty fine. How are you boys doing? Oh, I'm doing well and very glad to be on this podcast here. Looking forward for this little session we have. So, guys, a lot to talk about. We're going to kick it off with Avery Johnson. Um, Riley, we'll start with you. Avery Johnson was fired um, officially this past Sunday. He and Alabama parted ways. What was your initial reaction? Well, I mean, it, everyone knew it was going to happen after this season and after the, the disappointment that we've seen over the past little bit. But uh, I, I'm kind of glad it's happening. But we're in a we're in a dark age right now. Looking forward. It seems to be pretty, pretty dull. So we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, AJ, what was your initial reaction on Sunday when it became official? I would have to agree with Riley. I don't think that this was a move anybody was surprised by. I also don't think that the uh, first round of the NIT game against Norfolk State was the game that did it. I think this was a move that's been in the works for a while now. And also, it, it wasn't a firing as much as it was just a mutually parting of ways, as Greg Vernon said it. So this was foreseen on all fronts, really. Yeah, and I think uh, fans had kind of given up, you know, on those those that late three-game losing skid to end the regular season and uh, a, a poor performance against Kentucky in the SEC tournament. Um, and then, of course, Norfolk State just kind of put the nail in the coffin, so to speak. Um, it was it was foreseen there, and, you know, the 2,000 fans, the, the support had been lost at that NIT game, and it uh, was no surprise I was in the press conference room after the Norfolk State game, working that night, and Avery Johnson had said he met with Greg Byrne. He said he wanted to stay at Alabama, expressed his interest, but it was kind of the elephant in the room that everybody, including Coach Avery, I feel like, knew that uh, he would not be there much longer, and he lasted, I think it was four more days since that statement. So he is officially gone. John Pelfrey was named, is currently the interim head coach for the Tide, and uh, Alabama now looks to further options. A.J., who uh, is on your radar to replace Avery Johnson as the next Alabama men's basketball head coach? Well, before the uh, official statement was made that Alabama and Avery Johnson parted ways, there were a bunch of names thrown around all over social media, especially Twitter. Uh, Steve Prohm, um, Dad Matta, even Rick Pitino, the rumors about him started 
making the rounds online. I personally think Hoiberg is the best replacement for the Tide. He's a, a big collegiate name, four straight NCAA tournament appearances. Didn't do so well in the uh, in the NBA, but like Greg Burns said, he's looking for someone that had success at the collegiate level, and I think Hoiberg can uh, bring that to Alabama. Riley, what do you think? Uh, I think Hoiberg's a great option. Obviously, you hate to see Prom. Uh, with that extension, I was looking forward to potentially getting him. Uh, but other than that, that Matt is a decent option. He is. He left Ohio State for health reasons, didn't he? Yeah, with that. So, he's had, he had four back surgeries before the age of 50. Oh, yeah. So, obviously, there's question marks there, just with the ability to coach and whatnot. But he's a fantastic coach, great track record. I think he has five, five Big Ten championships something like that i know in 17 years tournament. in 17 years at ohio state he made the tournament i think 13 times 13 times or no two. 17 years of coaching he made the tournament 13 times two times to the final four as well so an impressive track record there it just matters if he can coach or not um, it's really open to who we can fit and put into the system so. and one thing that you really look for in these alabama uh, these candidates is, is a coach that can win early and win often because it took Avery Johnson three years to get uh, to the 20-win mark. And if you look at some of the names that have been throwing that even A.J. threw out there, but you also see with um, Chris Beard and, and like Thad Matta and even Rick Pitino um, exploring options there, Eric Musselman at Nevada, um, all these coaches have – 20-plus win seasons, like, it's it's nothing for them. And Alabama's been struggling. Um, it Really, in the past 10 years, I think they've gotten two 20-plus win seasons. And all these coaches that have been named are, are averaging 25, 26, 27 wins a season. They're getting to the tournament within their first three years um, of being a head coach, and that's historically wherever they've been. Um, and uh, me, personally, I would love to see Thad Matta. Hoiberg is also a great option. Um the name Rick Pitino just, you know, kind of kind of scares everybody almost, whether, you know, given his past. Exactly. And, um, and also, you know, what he's doing right now and coaching in Greece is, is he going to come back to America? Is he going to get that second chance? Um, does he deserve it? That's up to you. But um, the name Rick Pitino just, just brings up a lot of question marks. But also, he's a proven winner. I mean, I think it's 21 tournament appearances, seven Final Fours, two national championships, just – just get Alabama a winner, whether it's Patino, whether it's Hoiberg, whether it's Thad Matta, or whether it's someone that's not even on the radar that Greg Byrne is thinking of. Just get a winner. AJ? I, I'd agree with that. I'm sorry, 100%. And it's important to remember Greg Byrne said he is the search firm for this uh, <laughs> he is the one next and coach hired. And also, we, we're talking about winners. It's also important to notice Avery Johnson really never had a losing record here at Alabama which goes to show that Alabama wants to compete in a very, very strong and competitive SEC conference. So they're not settling for mediocrity anymore. They are going for the whole thing. They want to make the tournament every single year. They, they don't want to settle anymore. And we're seeing a shift because traditionally you would see basketball coaches have a longer tenure, even if their start at a university wasn't so strong. They would still be given the opportunity to coach it out and see if maybe they can wrinkle out or uh, – ironed out any of the wrinkles in the program. And Greg Byrne in Alabama didn't want to give Avery Johnson that option. Vanderbilt did the exact same thing. And, I mean, this is just a trend um, in the SEC as they uh, want to start competing with the ACC as the premier basketball conference 
in college basketball. Yeah, Riley, I think if, uh, on top of AJ's point, if Greg Byrne did not pay as much attention to basketball, he would have kept Avery Johnson for another year. Because on paper, like AJ just said, the winning record is a winning record. And plenty of places, 18 and 16 would be an okay season. But at Alabama, where you're expected to compete for championships, that's not enough. Yeah, well, I mean, you're looking for excellence in whatever coach you have here, and obviously we didn't see that this season. And one one big thing is the fact that our recruiting classes have been so solid under Avery is we really haven't seen a lot of player development. And that was the same thing with Anthony Grant, you know, just a lot of lack of player development. And so that's another thing that I'm sure Greg is looking for in a coach is someone who can actually develop these players that we bring in and turn them into a championship team. Uh, player development is one of the biggest points so when you look at Avery Johnson's uh, tenure at Alabama and his four years that he had, you know, brought in that, I think it was that 2017 class that was just phenomenal Incredible. with all those guys. Of course, Colin Sexton, um, AJ, goes to the NBA, but you look at the progress that um, those guys made from their freshman to junior year, or excuse me, freshman to sophomore year, um, and John Petty and Herb Jones and, and Alex Reese and Galen Smith, and it's not that player development, as Riley mentioned, is not all there. You know, they, they didn't make a significant jump after having one year of experience. No, and I, like you said, I think that's the biggest knock against Avery Johnson. And people were saying this last year when uh, when we had Colin Sexton. He can bring in the big-name talent. He can recruit in-state, out-of-state. He was able to bring in the big-name guys. His issue was, what is he going to do with them once they're here? And I, last night I saw online, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers tweeted out, um, Colin Sexton has an 87% free throw percentage. You know, he definitely did not learn that here at Alabama. Right. And there were a lot of things we saw this year with a lot of the players you mentioned, and it just didn't seem like they grew or learned from anything from last season. They just seemed to stay stagnant. And of course, we were able to add players like Kyra Lewis. And did he make a change? Most definitely. But players like Herb Jones and John Petty, they kind of stayed the same, which I think um, held Alabama back and didn't let us make the tournament this season. So we have explored some of the coaching options. Again, Greg Byrne is the search committee. He's the search firm. He is the law, kind of, <laughs> as he uh, as he hinted to in his answer of the question in the press conference uh, on this past Monday after Coach Avery Johnson was released on Sunday. Um but you look at the current coaching staff at Alabama, Riley, and you got to wonder who stays and who goes. You know, you've got John Pelfrey, who's even been considered in the mix to be uh, one of the head coaches. Right. But uh, you look at Antoine Petway, who's been kind of the backbone of the recruiting of this program for a long Petway. time. Um, as a Tuscaloosa native, you know, you see these guys, they live in Tuscaloosa, they've come, they build their families here. Petway's been here for a long time, as I was mm-hmm. saying. Um, but who do you, who do you keep, Riley, uh, and who do you think goes, depending I mean, on who comes in? As long as Petway wants to be around the organization, I think you have to keep him there. Um, he's an incredible guy, obviously a good recruiter, as you mentioned, and he, I mean, he's he's really just a staple of the program as a whole. So I don't think you have to do anything with him as long as he wants to stay. I would love to see him go and build a career somewhere else if he'd like that. But um, personally, I don't have any attachments to Belfry. I, I think it depends on if he works with whoever we hire. Um, if, if he connects well with them, then great. If not, then we got to move forward. AJ, a side note here, um, John Pelfrey has a daughter on the women's basketball team. He's got a son who's a manager on the men's basketball team. But I don't think you can look at family uh, and family ties when it comes to this Alabama program because at the end of the day, you've got to win. So will you address that and also address um, 
the rumors about strength coach, Coach Lou Deneen, yesterday there were rumors circulating of him not um, coming back next year or not his, his contract, whatever that is, not being extended. And also, you look at the way Alabama played down the stretch, strong in the first half, uh, not as strong in the second half in plenty of games this year. Is that a testament due to the strength program? Does there need to be a change there or anything? Well, I'm going to start with Coach Lou. And in all honesty, he rivals Cochran as far as energy goes. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. If he doesn't come back next year or if Alabama doesn't bring him back, whoever inherits this team as the head coach is going to have an absolutely clean slate. I mean, we're, we're talking player-wise, transfers, assistant coaches, if what y'all are saying is true, that some of them are considering leaving and uh, pursuing other opportunities. And if Coach Lou doesn't come back, whoever this head coach is, is going to get to bring in whoever he wants on all aspects of this field. Um, and what, what was the, uh, the first question again? I'm sorry. We're talking about uh, John Pelfrey, and, of course, he's got a daughter on the women's team here at Alabama. His son's a manager, but you can't look at family ties and aspects when you're trying to hire a coach. Yes, John Pelfrey has been a head coach um, at South Alabama and then Arkansas, but, you know, because he's moved his family here and he's got a daughter on the team, I don't think Greg Byrne can weigh that as a huge factor. Do you? No, no, it, completely. It, it cannot be even brought up when discussing Pelfrey as a head coach here at Alabama. Does it help his case as far as staying here as an assistant coach? It, 100%. But I think that actually hurts his case of becoming the head coach here at Alabama, um, strictly because of nepotism. And it, it just doesn't look good for the program. And I, I do think Greg Burns also going to go out there and try to get a bigger name coach than just promoting an assistant on staff. I agree. I agree. And, uh, and and moving on from the coach to the players, uh, as we talked about the transfer portal, Dazon Ingram is officially out, and that was uh, expected by many because some will joke that he uh, he decided his decision to transfer came, I don't know, in early January this year or December of 2018. Um, savage out. He, he put on Instagram hashtag savage out, and that just, I mean, if that didn't make you cringe. It was silly. Uh, a little. It, it was it was a uh, it was a little much for me, but Dazon Ingram is officially transferring. He was not per a source. He was not at a players meeting when Greg Byrne spoke to the team this past weekend. And uh, Kyra Lewis just yesterday on Tuesday entered the transfer portal. So Riley, you first. What does Kyra uh, entering the transfer portal mean to you and to this team? Well, it's it's an absolute heartbreak. Uh, I hate to see him go, but it, he's a great player, so he's looking for. Uh, development like we were talking about and obviously we're lacking in that department right now so I think if he gets a uh, good enough offer he'll go to wherever he finds a spot um, but I hate to see it love Kyra he did great things for us this this year so uh, you hate to see that but and AJ I don't think it's I don't think it's that deep honestly I think he entered the portal because if just in case he doesn't like the coach he can go somewhere and and it's not to me I think people are, are overanalyzing this because at the end of the day, he's just because he entered the portal doesn't mean he's 100% gone like Dazon. That's that's right, and I, I think we can all concede the fact that Dazon's gone. You know, Savage, yeah. out. he says it himself. Yeah. Now, if we learned anything as being avid fans of the, the transfer portal here in Tuscaloosa, we remember a couple months back, Yabi Anoma entered the transfer portal uh, from the football team. He ended up staying. I think, uh, William, what you said is exactly right. I think Kyron Lewis is doing this just to keep his options open until we figure out who's going to be the head coach here at Alabama. That way, if he doesn't like it, 
he's he's gonna have offers. He's gonna be free to go elsewhere. But should he like it, there's nothing against him pulling his name out of that hat and just standing here in Tuscaloosa. And I think we all three agree Kyra Lewis was undoubtedly the best player on this Alabama team uh, this year as a 17-year-old. But uh, so with Kyra putting his name in the transfer portal saying, you know, I'm willing to step out there and leave if we don't get this right guy or I'm definitely gone, whatever, uh, whichever of the two he is, his mindset is currently, um, you, you got to think that this puts a lot of pressure on Greg Burns. So, you know, to make a decision quickly, which uh, I think is, is a big, is a big deal because Kyra's saying, look, I understand I'm not the head coach, but I was the one that kind of led this program this year on the court, and if you don't find the right guy, I'm going to leave, or I'm totally gone because I'm not sold um, on on the that on the fact that we can find the right guy because Avery only lasted four years. Riley? Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's I just think that he could find a better place and see, see more uh, – positive development somewhere else. But I would love to keep him, especially if we can get a quality coach who can develop. Um, he, he can definitely stick around. But I think if a spot opens up on a, a major team, like a, say a Kentucky or right now, Auburn's obviously been on a tear, which is frustrating. But I think if a spot opens up and they say, hey, we have a scholarship, I, I think it's in his best interest to go that way, uh, have a proven coach, coach him up, and you know they come ready for the draft next year. Yeah, on the on the topic of Auburn, AJ, um, there there is still basketball going on. I mean, it's it's March Madness. The Sweet Sixteen is and Elite Eight games are coming up this weekend. Auburn is uh, really running the tables uh, down there on the on the plains and uh, the out there in Salt Lake City this weekend. They 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 put on a show. What did you see in the Auburn Tigers in their first round and second round games this weekend? Well, I'm really just gonna talk about that Auburn New Mexico State game because. When the clock hit zero in the second half, I could hear just about everybody in Tuscaloosa punch their doors or scream or do something. <laughs> That's a fact. I mean, all you had to do was watch the last 16.4 seconds of that game to basically watch the entire game. It's it's interesting because Auburn coming out of the regular season, everyone kind of saw them as a team that would do well, but maybe wouldn't have such a good run in the tournament. And then the SEC tournament happened. They become the, uh, instead of SEC champions, they were the SEX champions, as we all know. And now <laughs> that was a disaster. They're in March now lighting it up. And I, I just don't know what to think about it because Bruce Pearl as a coach confuses me because there are some things that he does, there are some decisions he makes on the court that are questionable, but then they end up panning out well for the team. So it's kind of like, are they lucky or do they genuinely have the talent to make it all the way in this tournament? I, I think, you know, they've got that, that kind of 2013, that voodoo from when uh, they were playing Georgia and that tip catch and then the kick six. I think some of that's running in. But, of course, you look at their hot shooting, Jared Harper and Bryce Brown, um, in that second round game just completely could not miss. I mean, they probably could have made a shot from the parking lot against Kansas. Um, but, Riley, now they go up against this North Carolina team. I think in the final AP poll, Auburn's 14 and North Carolina is three, and, you know, the Sweet 16 really boils down. You get the best of them. They go on to the Elite Eight. Uh, this North Carolina team's really good. As we know, this Auburn team is, I want to say, streaky, but I think, you know, they're so dependent on their three-point shots that if Brown and Harper weren't making their shots, 
um, against Kansas, they might not be in this position. So will they make their shots this weekend? And uh, how will they fare, Riley, against UNC? I think they come out firing, but I think UNC has the, the defensive poise as well as the ability to score enough to where they can keep the surge off. They're not going to make all of their shots in this game, obviously. Uh, North Carolina is a great defensive team. Uh, really, really well coached. So I see North Carolina in a close one. I'll, I'll take North Carolina. AJ, who do you got this weekend in uh, Auburn, North Carolina? I'm taking North Carolina, and I don't think Auburn hits their shots. I think that they used all their juice up in the end of the first two rounds. I think if I walked outside on the quad right now and polled every single person that I saw, I don't I don't think yeah, a single person would pick an Auburn. Auburn. And so none of these picks are surprises. I've got North Carolina as well. Uh, in my bracket, um, I, I'm not really sure. I haven't checked my bracket. Personally, I deleted the app after my runner-up Kansas State went out in the first round. But uh, I, I'm not, not sure why I did that, but I did. Uh, Riley, how's your bracket looking? Uh, it's all right. We're sitting at exactly 50% right now, or the 50th percentile. But all of our Elite Eight and Final Four and so on is intact. So we're, going forward, we're looking all right if the picks fall. AJ, what about you? Uh, much like you, William, I had to delete the app because mine wasn't looking too well as I had New Mexico State being the Cinderella story making the uh, Elite Eight. Yeah, and I, I didn't have Auburn winning the first round either. I talked to Patrick Keim on the last podcast, but here we are um, after Auburn came out firing and uh, – the brackets, you know, they're really good on Hill. People are like, this was about a week ago. People are saying before the tournament starts, hey, who you got here? Who you got there? You want to see my bracket? I'm like, absolutely no. I don't want to see your bracket. I don't care who you pick. I don't care who your Cinderella's are. Uh, your picks are your picks, and my picks are my picks. So stay out of my business. Stay out of my business and the fact that I've got Kansas State going to the championship. Don't ask me why. It's, uh, it's madness. It truly is. And they're fun to make, but they uh, – Tough to predict. They're tough to predict, that's for sure. So, from the bracket challenge, uh, we pr- we're going to preview the Sweet 16 here real quickly. Um, obviously, some incredible matchups. I'll read them out real fast for you. Duke is taking on Virginia Tech. Uh, they had a great game in their in their regular season a couple weeks back. LSU is playing Michigan State. Uh, Gonzaga is playing Florida State. Texas Tech is playing Michigan. Houston is playing Kentucky. North Carolina versus Auburn, as we just mentioned. Purdue taking on Tennessee, and Virginia taking on Oregon. AJ, which game stands out to you the most besides Auburn versus North Carolina? This might sound cliche or pretty mainstream. I'm going to be watching that Duke-Virginia Tech game closely because I don't think Coach K and Zion are too happy about the, uh, the close one against UCF. So I think this is, this is a revenge game just to let the world know that they're not slipping or anything. They are who they say they are. So yeah. I'm looking for a beat down on Virginia Tech. Yeah, Riley, I thought UCF was going to beat Duke. They should have oh, beaten I Duke. I thought they had it too. Um, but which game are you are you highlighting? Uh, I've got I've got two games that I really want to look at this week, or I guess Thursday. Was it Thursday and Friday? Yeah, Thursday, Friday. Uh, so I think the Purdue-Tennessee game is going to be a great game. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, just two great programs. And then I think Michigan-Texas Tech, I think the, championship, the champion of this tournament could easily come out of that game right there. I think they're both two very solid teams hitting their stride at the right time. Jared Culver's just just a phenom. He's fun to watch, so very excited for that one. Michigan is one of those teams. They finished uh, in the AP poll at 8. Uh, meanwhile, Texas Tech is at 9, and so that's, of course, a fantastic matchup. Fantastic 
matchup. Uh, the I mean, they all they all look good to me, it's honestly. Good, but this Houston Kentucky is going to be a good test for Houston. Um, I think Kentucky's going to have to to take the top there. Um, I think Michigan State's going to get the best of LSU, and then I look forward to probably Duke playing Michigan State in the Elite Eight, uh, and that will be on Saturday. Uh, but Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Duke has got to get past Virginia Tech first, and Michigan State's got to get past LSU. So a lot of great games this weekend. Be sure to check all those out. I hope your brackets are doing well. Really, honestly, I, I don't care if they're doing well or not. Um, <laughs> it's... <laughs> It doesn't affect me, I promise you, because I'm talking to you, you're talking to me, neither of us are going to have a perfect bracket, um, but that is the NCAA tournament update, and this, uh, you know, going back through what we've talked about here today, Avery Johnson and Alabama parting ways, what's next, who's going to stay, who's gone, the transfer portal, the NCAA tournament, uh, Riley and AJ, there's there's just been so much speculation and so much news um, regarding Alabama and the coaching carousel that really is yeah. going on right now I, I it's hard to believe anyone right now i just well, i can't trust any sources it's it's about as predictable as the tournament we're really not sure what's going to happen we just have to sit back and wait and watch and enjoy the process uh, see where see where we're going next yeah aj as a, as a fellow sports media major um who who can you trust these days I don't think we can trust anybody. I don't think I can trust you, William. You probably I can't. I mean, I had, I had, I had, I had Kansas State in the Final Four in the championship. You definitely can't trust me. No, and Director Burns said it best himself. Don't believe any of the rumors because if you didn't hear it from him, nothing is true. So. Be careful when you walk outside because you don't know who to trust anymore. Absolutely. Well, guys, this has been episode ten of the Galloway Podcast. Riley, AJ, thanks so much for joining. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having us. All right, so episode 10 of the Galloway Podcast, where we went through and talked about Avery Johnson leaving Alabama. Uh, Who's next? Who's going to come into Tuscaloosa and take over the men's basketball program? We talked about the transfer portal. Kyra Lewis has entered the portal. Dazon Ingram is officially gone. Uh, And will Kyra Lewis come back? We will see the NCAA tournament going on this weekend. Be sure to check that out on the Turner Broadcast family of networks uh, this weekend. We're going to keep a close eye on Auburn. Obviously, we're going to keep a close eye on Duke, Zion Williamson, Coach K, and everybody. Um, Remember, none of us care about your bracket, so keep that in mind. Thanks again to Riley Byers and AJ Spur for coming on and co-hosting the podcast this week. This has been Episode 10, the March Madness episode of the Galloway Podcast, where there's the right way, there's the wrong way, and there's the Galloway. Put your names in the Grand Rapids. We the one that kept it cool without his team. Start acting. Shoot a loop like a film in a movie. New. Go and let them have it. We ballin' like the March Madness. All this cops shooting. Tragic. I'm the one that living lavish. Like I'm playing for the Mavericks.